Hello, and welcome back to the Thanks Morris podcast. I am Marie, the SLP, and today, my sweet friends, we are going to talk about self-love. It's a little bit of a different podcast for you. I haven't done one of these more reflective podcasts in a while, although I feel like every podcast with our amazing guests is always a time for reflection and um, growth, but I'm going to take you on a little journey. Well, I'm going to share with you my own journey with self-love and share my story. Um, Last week on social media, I actually flooded my account with this topic, talking all about my journey and received so much support and love from all of you who are following me on Instagram. And I thought, well, I'm going to bring it to the podcast and share a little bit more because my whole goal is to kind of share my growth and my learning to inspire others, or maybe somebody will make a connection with this story and um, be able to see the amazing things about themselves. And I mean, that's the goal, right? Um, to, sh- to spread that goodness and share that love. So here we go. Um, the first thing I want to say with this, um, and maybe get to get you thinking, is just ask the overall question, what is self-love? Um, because it still makes me think, and it should. This, I think self-love is something that, you know, we say it, right? We say, yeah, I have a good sense of maybe self-worth or self-love, um, but what does it mean? It's different for every person. And I went live last week on Instagram, and I asked this question, and so many great responses came through. Some people said, you know, it's about being in the moment with yourself and really listening to what you have to say. Other people said it's um, being able to love yourself through your mistakes and know that you're learning and growing. And I just loved all of those responses. Um, some people even said kind of where I'm at with it. Well, I'm at those places too, but where my head first goes to now after learning all the lessons I've learned in life. And, you know, I know I'm going to continue learning and my perspective could shift even in the next couple weeks. But, um, some people said, you know, it's being grateful for yourself and it's so simple, but so powerful, right? And to tell you the truth, I didn't really learn what self-love was until I was 25. To give you a little bit of um, a reference point, that was five years ago. Um, I am 29 now. I'll be 30 pretty soon here. Um, But at 25, you know, I was in what I would call one of my darkest places in life. Um, And if you'd asked me, if you'd walk up to me when I, you know, my 25th birthday, let's say, um, and said, are you a happy person? Honestly, deep down, or to your face, I might say, sure. Deep down, my answer was no, hell no. Um, It was, I want to be happy. I will be, but I don't know how to get there. And I was in a very toxic relationship at that age. I was also in my first year of grad school at 25. And and I'd been in this relationship with this person, um, um, gosh, for at this point, almost four years. It was like a very on again, off again relationship. Don't know if you've ever been there, but that's where I was. Um, But if you, you know, I'd heard about people talk about self-love. And if you asked me if I had a good sense of self-love, I'd say, sure. Yeah, sure. I love myself. I don't go doing risky things. Like, you know, I don't go rock climbing or cliff diving at at that point anymore. I used to be before, um, before I was 20, 21, I was very much like, let's go to Europe. Let's go cliff jump diving, cliff jumping. Um, let's go uh, jump out of a plane. And then something happened in my family when I was 21. I um, my, my parents split, but they'd been kind of on the outs for a long time. But at that point, my dad, um, my relationship with my dad really just took a really bad turn. And, um, you know, as I as I 
grow on it with this community. I definitely plan to share more about that because it's a very important story for me to tell. But um, just for this, the length of this podcast's sake, I will tell you at that point, you know, I was 21. That was all happening in my family. It was a very rough time. Um, you know, I'm the oldest of three kids and it, it was just like, we were all so what do we do? And I felt this immense responsibility, even though it wasn't told, you know, I wasn't told by my parents I had to have this responsibility. I just felt like I needed to hold things together for my siblings. But I also found myself six months after my parents split up, found myself getting into a relationship. And it was my first like really serious boyfriend um, with somebody who at the time, you know, I think we were both just kind of looking for companionship, but we didn't really know what it meant to um to love ourselves in order to love another person. Yet we were in a relationship on again, off again, very toxic, very unhealthy for four years. So when I was 25, you know, again, I'd say, yeah, I love myself. I'm going to college. I'm getting myself ready for a great career. I'm in a relationship, um, which, you know, that, yeah, sure. There's love, right? Because I'm in a relationship, but I had no idea what it meant to truly accept me as I am and love myself, like really look at myself in the mirror and be able to say, you are great. You're my best friend. I love you. I know that sounds so self-involved, but that's kind of what I'm saying is like, I couldn't really look at myself in the mirror because I wasn't confident in the decisions I was making for myself. And so when you think about it like that, it's such a wonder why I was going through a relationship asking why another person couldn't seem to show me acceptance or love because that's how I felt in that relationship. I was always looking for that self, that, that validation and that worth from another human. Um, I let every doubt I had about my character define who I was. So, you know, I didn't think I was pretty enough. So I wasn't pretty enough. I didn't think I was smart enough. So I wasn't smart enough. And I was like getting C's and D's on my exams in grad school. Um, and I let the doubts that another person had be the labels that I led my life with. I walked through life allowing another person, my ex-boyfriend, um, you know, kind of validate those doubts I had, you know, yeah, well, you, you you could be prettier or yeah, well, I'm not that he literally said that, but that was, those were the kinds of things, um, you know, um, yeah, you're not you're not as fit as you could be. Maybe we should get you a gym membership was kind of along those lines. I, that was literally said to me. Um, so yeah, I was seeking the approval of someone who didn't respect love or honor the real Marie. Therefore, I didn't honor the real Marie. That's kind of how it works. Um, you know, I believe lies because I was in complete denial of what I truly deserved. And really, I mean, it sounds simple. It's not as simple as it sounds to say I had to make a choice, but I did. Right. Um, but it's, it takes, it took me a lot longer anyways. And sometimes it just does. Um, I was allowing another person to let me think that my feelings when I would be insecure about things, that my feelings were not valuable to him or to anyone else, that what I thought, what I felt wasn't a value in the world. And I, I let, I allowed another person to let me continue thinking that way because I was so desperate for validation. I was so desperate for companionship. Um, I didn't feel like I was enough at anything. I didn't feel like I was smart enough to be in grad school, like I said. I didn't feel like I was pretty enough to keep my boyfriend's attention. I didn't feel like I was skinny enough. I was always, guys, I, at 20, like three, to, between 23 and 25, I was like always searching for ways to be skinnier. 
um, I didn't feel like I was happy enough. Like I always had to have a certain baseline. And if I wasn't at that baseline, it wasn't enough. I didn't feel like I was patient enough. I wasn't athletic enough. I wasn't enough. I wasn't enough. I wasn't enough. Um, and that was the all encompassing, encompassing theme, not enough. Um, I let myself be emotionally abused and let that sink in. I let myself be emotionally abused. Yes, somebody else was causing the abuse, but I stayed there. I stayed in that place. I stayed in that relationship. I continued fighting for that relationship, even when it was made very clear to me that I wasn't necessarily um, wanted and maybe should be moving forward. But I was so afraid of being alone. I mean, and that's, that's like... I can't even, I can, I can go back and think, yeah, oh my gosh, I was so afraid of being alone. I mean, I literally, my relationship with my own father had crumbled. So I didn't want to let another relationship crumble. I didn't want to be alone. Um, and I allowed somebody else to dictate how I was feeling all the time and how I was walking through life. And I allowed somebody else's opinions dictate how I felt about myself. And a couple months into being 25, so I'm a first year grad student. I'm in my second semester. Um, at this point, I'm like a really great denier of reality. <laughs> you know, with everything going on outside, there was a lot going on in that relationship. And I just, I don't, I kept denying that it was even happening for some reason. Um, but something snapped. I got to a point where something really snapped because, um, you know, for a couple years, my closest friends and family members had been trying to say things to me to kind of um, maybe knock some sense into me uh, as far as maybe not being in a relationship that I was in. Um, but, you know, I never listened. And all of a sudden into 25 or sorry, six months or three months or four months, I don't really remember, but somewhere in a couple months into being 25, um, I realized I was tired of being emotionally drained. Sorry, you know what happened? I lost my train of thought because I'm starting to feel emotional about this. I'll just be honest with you. So that was all very choppy and I'm just gonna leave this in here and edit it because I'm starting, my heart's starting to get go a little bit faster and it's okay. Um, this is this is hard stuff for me to, re to think about because I really haven't written this out and until now and let myself relive it. Um, anyways, so, yeah. So my, you know, close friends and family members had said things to me about me being able to be, they're like, you're going to be okay on your own. You know, you'll be okay. And I never listened. And all of a sudden here I am feeling, um, emotionally drained. And I'm like, maybe I'd be better off alone. Like that was my thought, but like completely alone. Right. Like I was in a dark place of low self-esteem and I don't really think many people saw it. Um, I learned how to hide it so well. Because, you know, I'm, I'm in grad school and I can do this and I have my grad cohort and they're great. And I'm really great with my clients. I'm really patient at school. You know, I, I've got this. I'm so, I love this. And I, and I did, but after school, um, I would be driving home and just not be excited about anything in life. Um, <laughs> that's hard to say, but you know, I felt void of any kind of emotion, just numb, just really heavy. And I knew, like, I don't want to feel this way. I remember driving on the 10 freeway. If you guys live in California, in Southern California, you know, the, you know the 10 freeway. I was driving home on the 10 freeway. I could tell you what I was wearing. I could tell you what I was listening to. I was listening to Of Monsters and Men. Their, um, I don't remember what the album's called, but it was their newest album at the time. And I was wearing a uh, navy blue, uh, like, lace shirt and jeans. <laughs> Just, yeah, driving home on the 10 freeway, just feeling numb and just 
talking to myself and saying, I don't want to feel this way. Um, I don't want to feel this way. And one of my really good friends, my best friend, she's still my best friend for this reason, probably. Um, she invited me to go with her to spend a weekend, just the two of us in a con at a, in a condo, um, of her family's at the beach. And so we went and, um, I was, I was told I shouldn't go by my ex-boyfriend at the time. He didn't want me to go. Um, and I needed to go. I knew I was just like, I just have to go. I'm sorry. I need to go spend time. I want to go spend time with my friend because in my head I was thinking maybe, maybe this, this is just, you know, kind of that whole, like, if you're not feeling well, take a bath, like self-care type of thing. I kind of thought, this will just be good for my head. I'll, I'll go and I'll come back and I'll be fine. My relationship will be fine. Everything will be fine. Right. Um, so I remember being on this trip, being away and I felt light. I felt lighter. I felt lighter because I was away from the person I was back at home during doing the normal day-to-day things. And I wanted to always feel that way. And I remember sitting, um, I had gotten up earlier than my friend one morning and I was sitting in the couch on the couch in the condo. And I just remember thinking like, wait a second, the only person who can change my situation is me. And if I feel like this being away, maybe I can't go back to the way things are. Um, and maybe that means, you know, I have to, get out of this toxic relationship for the first time I could admit it was toxic because I did, I felt like I'd gone through a mini detox, um, by being away. And, oh my gosh, you guys, I had given myself every excuse to stay in this relationship. And I remember sitting there thinking, wow, I don't have anything else. I don't have any more excuses. Like, I don't have anything left to give. I don't have anything left to give this other person. I don't have anything left to give myself. And what the heck am I going to do? I was actually at the time getting ready to go into my medical internship for, um, you know, as a speech pathology intern in a hospital. And I remember thinking, how am I supposed to give like 10 hours a day to clients or to patients and learn about this? And let me tell you, the medical side, not my strong suit. It's actually my weakest point. Um, And I knew it back in grad school. It was not where I wanted to necessarily go, right? I was an SLP that always wanted to go into the schools at the time. Um, And I, so I knew it was going to be a challenging summer. So I thought, how am I supposed to give anything? Maybe I should quit. Maybe I shouldn't do this. And before I could even get that thought out, I knew I was like, that would be putting the toxic relationship before my own dreams. So in my head, I'm thinking, okay, I need to put myself first. Wow. So putting myself first doesn't mean I have to stay in this relationship. Oh my goodness. Like I won't, I won't have to um, feel this way anymore. I won't have to feel emotionally drained or anything like that Um, because I couldn't justify feeling that way anymore. It meant putting myself first before the internship, before my studies, um, before anybody, before my family, before my friends. Like it, it meant saying goodbye to a whole lot first so I could look inward. And I did. I came back from that weekend and two days later broke up with my boyfriend. Because I, I remember getting back and being like, okay, maybe this could work. And then like one day in and I'm like, we've got to end things. 
It wasn't an easy breakup, but I did not second guess myself for the first time in like six years, four years, five years, whatever. Um, Maybe six years, who knows? But I did not second guess it. I put myself first and let go of all the things that I was labeled. And even in the event of the breakup, man, like I said, it wasn't easy. And I had so many, you know, um, there were so many moments where I thought, gosh, you know, like this is harder than just staying in it. But I didn't say I'm going to go back Um, because I knew I wanted to start choosing happy. And, you know, and I tell people this, I'm like, happiness is a choice, right? Um, You have the right. And at that point, I was realizing I have the right to choose happiness. And so does my ex-boyfriend. He has the right to choose happiness. Choosing happiness, saying I choose happy is one thing. But actually going through life, going through the motions of choosing happy can be a big challenge. And I, you know, I mean... From the moment I said, I'm breaking up with you, I woke up every day and I started thanking God for this crazy, beautiful life I have. But I, at first, was really hard on myself because I let myself go through four years of emotional turmoil. And I remember one morning talking to my mom about it. And she's like, Marie, you need to start being thankful for the last four years in that relationship. So I did. I started writing every day in my gratitude journal at night. This is when I really got crazy, crazy about gratitude journaling every night, by the way. Um, And thank God. But what I realized as I I journaled for like, I did it for, well, I still do it now, but for like a solid two months every night being thankful for that relationship. And I realized that those four years brought me to my freaking knees. And then they gave me the the lessons to stand back up. They gave me the strength and the and the things I needed in life to stand up. And in that gratitude, doing that every day, even on my lowest days where I was crying myself to sleep, feeling alone, I came to have way more acceptance for myself as I am and started being way more grateful for the things that I do that I wasn't being grateful for for the last four years, you know, for um, the way that I get crazy mad (laughs) when I lose a board game. I hate losing board games. I can lose in other things in life. Like, I don't mind getting things wrong in a therapy session because I know, like, I'm going to come back and we're going to figure it out the next day or something. But if I lose at Scrabble, oh my gosh, like it's not allowed. And I just, I used to get so down on myself for my competitive side because I was being told you need to chill, you know? Um, You know, or like now uh, one of the things that I'm always grateful for is how I can laugh at myself for my insanely good dance moves. That's sarcasm because my dances are, my dance moves are really fun. But, you know, just, um, and things like, you know, being grateful that I can, I can speak my mind and, and, I could be sassy when I want to be and not care what others are going to think, you know, not feeling like I need to apologize for who I am. If you can't say I'm clapping my hands right now saying this because it's just I I realized as I did all this, I was apologizing every day for who I was. And whoever's listening, girl, guy, my sweet friend, you do not need to apologize for who you are. I am speaking to you for 20 minutes about this because that if you take anything away from this podcast that is what I want you to know 
when I learned how to put myself first, I learned how much freedom that would give me going further in life. And I realized I couldn't let any other person's labels define me or define how I viewed myself. It's like there's two things there. Maybe not, maybe because you view yourself and that's how you define yourself, but it's like you let it perpetuate in your mind for so long that then it's just how you see yourself without even thinking about it. And I'd rather see myself as this goofy, fun, positive, grateful human who, yeah, makes mistakes, who, yeah, gets angry, who gets frustrated, who has bad days. Um, But I'm thankful for all of those things. And I'm thankful that I had the time, that I had the opportunity through a really dark place to find that girl hiding out somewhere at 25 years old. One of the things I've always wanted to do the most, and I still work on this, but I always wanted to laugh at myself. I would see people just be able to easily, even my mom, just be able to easily laugh at herself. Um, And when I was 25, I remember thinking, I just want to be able to do that. Why am I so hard on myself? Why do I not love myself enough to laugh at myself? And so I spent months focusing on letting things go. And I still need those reminders. But I spent time focusing on trusting my own decisions and laughing at my mistakes, maybe purposefully sometimes, you know, and knowing that I was enough, not for anybody else, knowing that I was enough for me. And that's how I found my self-love. That's how I was able to look at myself in the mirror every day and tell myself that I love you. I love you, Marie. And it sounds like, again, so self-involved, but it's so empowering. Um, when you can look at yourself and just smile and know that you've got you um, and you've got me. Don't ever forget that. You've got me. <laughs> so you come to me if you need to. Um, you know, I know I don't share these kinds of things with this community that often. Um, and the truth is, the reason is I've been scared. I know I talk a lot about gratitude and I've got this journal that I share with you guys and promote and really believe in. And I do believe in it. And this is why. Um, and I wanted to share this piece of my heart and my soul with you guys and my background, because I think that um, even if just one person can hear this and realize that she or he is struggling with similar things and can find the motivation to change, then it's all worth it to me. Um, Vulnerability, if I can say that faster, I would, but I can't. Vulnerability is scary. But my promise to you is I will keep sharing no matter how scary it is, because so much learning can be done through sharing our mistakes. And if you need a place to start, sit with yourself and put intentions of love behind how you're thinking about yourself. So even if, you know, not that your story is completely like mine, but if you're in a place where you don't feel that you're enough, sit with yourself and put intentions of love behind how you're thinking about yourself, regardless of what anybody else thinks, regardless of any exam grades, regardless of what happened yesterday or today or just a second ago. Bring in your gratitudes and write things out that you're grateful for about yourself and write things that you do for you that are great. So if you need some sentence starters, you know, you could start by saying, I am grateful that I, I am grateful for my ability to, I'm grateful for the way that I, you know, even if it's, I'm grateful that I drove myself home safely from school or from work today. That's great. Write that down on a post-it, in the air. I don't care because you are enough, my sweet friend, and I am so grateful for you. If you need 
me to talk to, you can find me. The best way probably to quickly chat about this stuff is the DMs over on Instagram at Thanks Morris. Um, I'm here for you. That 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 would be the best the best place to find me. You know, you can find me over at thanksmorris.com and shoot me an email at marie at thanksmorris.com. But again, those DMs are just the quickest and easiest way. I love having those conversations with you guys all about self-love and gratitude and and um, just the goodness in the world because there is that goodness and you have it. And I'm so grateful for you. I hope you know that. And I hope through my words and through my passion in this episode, you can really feel how much I love you. All right, friend, I am going to sign off this one. It's been great talking to you. (laughs) Bye-bye.